0: Thanks for downloading this podcast from RNIB Connect Radio. Now many blind or partially sighted people could be forgiven for not wanting to visit a museum due to the fact that a lot of the artefacts are behind glass, which isn't very tactile and is certainly not very accessible. Well, Liz Franklin had a completely different experience. She went along to the Yorkshire Museum recently and wanted to share her experience with us. And she joins me on the programme now. Liz, thank you so much for joining us here on the programme. Now, can you tell us a bit about your eye condition?
1: Well, I've got something called coloboma and nystagmus. I don't really know much about them, but it meant that when I was born, my eyes were a bit deformed and eventually the retinas detached. And I was told basically that it was hardly surprising because there wasn't anything for the retinas to attach to. I've been blind since I was 12 years old.
0: My goodness. And was your sight kind of affected up until then? Did you always know as a child? Obviously, you knew you had an eye condition, but could you tell that, you know, you couldn't see maybe as well as your, your friends?
1: Yes and no. Yes, I did realise I had an issue because I could never see the blackboard in a classroom. I used to have to sit right at the front of the class all the time. And even then, quite often, if there were things that we had to copy, I would have to get up, go to the blackboard, memorise a chunk of it and then come back and copy it down. And I knew the other children didn't have to do that. So I knew I did have an issue. But people used to say I was nearly blind. Now, having never had normal sight, I don't know whether that's true. To me, I could see fairly well. Although I, I lived in a quiet village, I could ride a bike and, and get around fairly safely, I think. So I didn't have very good sight compared with what sight of people have got. But having not been able to make that comparison, it's difficult to say how bad it was.
0: That must have been so difficult at 12 years old losing your sight you know i was 19 Mm -hmm. and you know ready to go off to to university and travel the world and do what i was you know everybody else my age was doing and um you know i was kind of stuck back at home with my mum but you know at 12 years old it's it's harder to comprehend what is happening to you i think
1: Possibly. But then on the other hand, I think perhaps you adapt better because there hasn't ever been an adult you at that point. So you've never learned the things that adults do. You've never learned to drive. You've not had a relationship with anybody. You've never had to go through all that. And I'd never learned to cook as a sighted child or anything like that. So I think in some ways, because I only ever did experience a lot of the adult things as a blind person, It was easier because I wasn't actually constantly comparing it with what I'd had before. So in some ways it might have been easier for me.
0: Do you know, it's funny you say that because I think no matter how old we are, we adapt to our situation because we absolutely have no choice and as much as I see 12 being a really difficult age I also see being you know maybe in your 60s or 70s being a terribly difficult age because you're kind of in the maturer years of your life and you've been so used to having a sighted life so I kind of think of myself as being not lucky because that's a silly word to use you're not lucky to lose your sight but you know it, it was more fortunate that I was 19 and I was at my most resilient
1: i'm inclined to agree i think that's what it is it's about resilience
0: very much so well listen the reason i want to talk to you today is because as blind people now i'm completely blind as well and as blind people people that have their sight maybe think that you know it's a bit strange that we want to do things that are considered very visual like go to the cinema, like go to theatre, and uh, like visiting a museum. Now, when I go to visit a museum, I'm a lot of the time quite disappointed in that everything is behind glass and you don't really get to touch anything. But you had an experience at the Yorkshire Museum very recently that uh, just blew you away, really, didn't it?
1: It did, really. I mean, yes, there were a few items under glass, but... The main thing was there were two maps and I'm quite into geography. It was actually a history group class I'd gone with and the history course is basically the history of Britain. We started with the arrival of the Romans, but when we were doing the Anglo-Saxons and that sort of period between the Romans and the Anglo-Saxons, we did talk about how the British Isles were broken up in terms of counties and... Words like Northumbria and Wessex and um, Mercia were kind of thrown about, but I didn't really have an appreciation of what they looked like. And when I went to the museum, the Yorkshire Museum, they had a map on the wall. It was like made up of like a jigsaw, and, and each piece was one of those ancient provinces like Mercia, Northumbria and Wessex. And you were able to move the pieces around and stick them back on the wall because they had a magnet on the back. And you could build up a picture of the British Isles and break it up again. That blew me away because for the first time, I could fully appreciate where Northumbria was in relation to Mercia and how big it was, and the same with the other counties. And and I could piece it all together. And I've got a fairly fairly good knowledge of modern Britain and, and where the cities and towns are. And it was really, really interesting to be able to superimpose the knowledge I have of modern Britain on these jigsaw pieces and be able to move them around the wall and build up the British Isles as it looks to the Anglo-Saxons. I hadn't really had a full appreciation of what these areas were and which towns they encompassed. And now I did, after seeing this map at the, the Yorkshire Museum.
0: You know I'm listening to you speaking so passionately about this and I completely get it because I'm thinking about an experience I had myself where there was an Egyptian artifacts exhibition that was touring around a lot of the museums in Britain and it came to Kelvin Grove Museum where where you know is the nearest museum to me and I have to say being able to touch the artifacts. I was, you know, kind of going thinking I'm not going to get much out of this. And being able to touch things was just so incredible. Things that had been there as well, you know, at, at the actual time. It just made me feel so part of, you know, the Egyptian history in that moment in time. You know, Liz, it's so funny how we take little things like that for granted. You know when you can actually see you would never think that by going to a museum that you'd be missing out on anything because you can't imagine yourself without sight. But I would never have thought about not knowing the shapes of kind of ancient Britain and, and the counties and things like that. So that's fascinating to me. And, and you know, amazing that you managed to get that experience and get so much out of it.
1: I did. I love maps and geography. And it's been a constant frustration to me that not only are the maps that are available for visually impaired people a little bit limited in, in the scope, aren't as easily distinguishable as they might be. But I think there's also a certain prevailing attitude that maps aren't necessary either. And I've found it frustrating sometimes on mobility lessons. I'm made to learn by remembering a route, whereas sometimes it would be helpful if somebody would actually make me a map, even if it was just rolling sausages of plasticine and putting them on a piece of paper to show me what it is that I'm actually doing and, and give me the full picture from my point of view of just generally being interested in in the world and interested in Britain as, as as you know in historical terms. It was an amazing experience that day at the museum because not only did I see the map that I've already described, there was also a massive map on the foyer floor, and it was a map of the Roman Empire as the Romans saw it, and. It was so big that you could walk around it But there was one of the museum staff, a chap called Callum, who was evidently very passionate about history and geography, and he talked me through this map on the floor, and, and, and I didn't have the dog with me that day, so I had a white cane, and he kept sort of like drawing with my cane on the floor, you know, and saying, this this is Africa, and this, this is the Middle East, and... This is Europe, and and he would describe where the countries were, and we talked about the names of them, because, for instance, Gallia is the Roman for basically what we would call France. And it was really fascinating to sort of, like, tie in the Roman names again with, with what I knew of the modern world, it was also surprising that I hadn't realised how far the Roman Empire had extended. That even actually got into Scandinavia. They never actually conquered it, but they had trade deals with Denmark, and I hadn't realised they'd got that far across Europe, but they did. Because this chap I spoke to was, was so passionate about what he was doing and was so interested and so keen to help me learn and appreciate what was actually there on this map, it didn't matter too much that I couldn't see it. He gave me so much detail about it. It was so good. And just seeing those two maps, had I seen nothing else that day, it would have still been worth it.
0: Well, you know, its it sounds like you had such an amazing experience and you got so much out of it. And actually, you pointed out something really quite relevant that made me feel a little bit ignorant, uh, to be honest, because I was thinking, as a blind person myself, well, why you know would I need a map for anywhere if you can't see it what difference does it make but of course we are working from our heads all the time in kind of our own maps yeah as such and that makes complete and utter sense to me the way you've explained it to me now in the same way that people say to me why do you bother with makeup if you can't see it drives me crazy so I can understand your frustration when you do go to museums, or, or, you know, and there's there's nothing accessible map-wise, or if mm-hmm. people are talking about maps and they think, well, what do you need a map for? Yeah. So it's all about education, isn't it? We're constantly trying to educate people, and I think that's one of the reasons that uh, you so wanted to, you know, share your experience because, you know, Yorkshire Museum. Seem so open to suggestions and they seem very, very accessible, don't I, they? I think
1: they are very much so. And there is actually a committee um, for access in York for all of their museums and art galleries, and they're working very hard to actually make it as accessible an experience for all disabled people, not just visually impaired people. Um, They're doing their best and they've actually, you know, invited people like me to be on their committee so that, you know, they can get as many perspectives as they possibly can from the disabled people themselves who they're trying to serve, which I think is quite an important thing. Because I think quite often in life people say, oh, well, we can do this for the blind and we can do this for wheelchair users without actually consulting the people who it affects. I don't think we necessarily get as much say
0: as we ought. Well, Liz, you're such a passionate orator about the whole subject. And I really appreciate you coming on the programme today to tell us all about your experience. Thank you for joining us. And if anybody is visiting York, then do get along to the Yorkshire Museum. It sounds like an amazing day out. Liz, have a great day and we'll speak to you again soon here on RNIB Connect Radio.
1: Thank you very much for inviting me along. And, um, yeah, I, I, I would also endorse that. You know, go to go to York, look at the museums, because they are actually quite accessible because they're in the town as well. If you were going as a visually impaired person without a car, you could still get there.
0: For more downloads like these, visit rnibconnectradio.org.uk slash podcasts.